The postseason is here, y'all. We're talking Lakers, Knicks, Nets, Clippers, Warriors, Jazz, Heat, Suns, Bucks, and you know, my Sixers. Should the NCAA athletes be able to gain profit from their likeness? Russell Westbrook passes Oscar Robinson for the most triple doubles in a season. Carmelo Anthony moved up to the 10th on the all-time scoring list. And ESPN's Kendrick Perkins had an interesting take on NBA championships versus NFL Super Bowls last week. It's 94 feet, y'all. Let's go. Just two and a half days remaining in the regular season. That can only mean one thing. Guys, the playoffs are upon us. Head-to-head -head action for the next two months. It's win or go home. But before any of that, we got the play-in tournament this Tuesday, May the 18th. The possibility of what teams are going to be in it are still being finalized at the moment. But it's playoff season, guys. Playoff games begin Saturday, May the 22nd. And I cannot wait. It's 94 feet, y'all. I hope you guys are doing good. It's a Friday afternoon. You know, it's it's now it's now starting to feel like the summertime is coming. Now it's it's a little bit chilly, depending on where you're at. Certain days, you know, it's 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 not full-fledged summer weather, but we're getting there. You know, I, I think it should already be here. We're talking May now, but that's another story. That's another story. I'll leave that one on the side. I got a guest on the line with me today. Uh, good brother of mine. We uh, we actually connected up at my church um, in Connecticut. He is joining me um, all the way from, well, he's joining me from Connecticut, but he's from Alabama. My brother, Trey Smith on the line. Trey, talk to me, man. How you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. How you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good, man. It's, it's my pleasure. And I, I thank you for, for joining us here today on 94 Feet, man. It's going to be a good time. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cool, man. Cool, man. So we're going to go ahead and get right on into it to what's on my mind today. So let me let me let me brief you guys. So I was talking with Trey during the week, right? And um, you know, we, we were coming up with content for the show and things of that nature. So Trey told me, yo, B, um, you know I'm a Lakers fan, man. You know we got you know we gotta get my Lakers. <laughs> we gotta talk about my Lakers. I said, oh word, word, true. I said, well, you know, we're we gonna we're gonna find a way to work that in. So Trey Smith on the line today, guys. We gotta start with the Lakers. Trey, the, the Lake Show. Yo, oh yeah, it's Lake Show, man. The, the season's coming down to the end. What, what are your thoughts? How are you feeling going into the postseason for your Los Angeles Lakers right now? What are your thoughts? What's on your heart when you look at them right now? Talk to me. Just give me Brian, AD, and Dennis on the court together, man. You know, Kuz, that, that Kuz said he ain't worried about no chemistry issues. Uh -huh. So they, <laughs> if they ain't worried about chemistry issues, I'm not worried about chemistry issues. Okay. Okay. All right. That's, that's a good point. I see what you're saying. I think for myself, Obviously, injuries took its toll on them. Oh, yeah. The whole COVID-19 protocol has taken its toll on everybody um, in terms of people having to sit out um, and miss time and miss games. I'm looking at the Lakers and I say to myself, okay, right now they're in the seventh seed, okay? If the playoffs, if the playoffs ended today, they would be taking on the Suns. They're in the play-in tournament. They're probably going to end up playing the Warriors with the way things look right now. 
if they play the Warriors, my thing is if they can if they can secure a win against the Warriors, they stay in that seventh spot. They play the Suns first round. I like their chances against the Suns. And no disrespect, we know you know how great of a, a player you know Chris Paul is, Devin Booker, uh, Monty Williams has done an excellent job with that team. It's no disrespect to that, but I think. The Lakers, as long as AD and LeBron can go, we know they're not 100%, but as long as they can give at least, I don't know, 75, 85% amongst the two of them a piece, I like the Lakers' chances against the Suns in a first-round series. You know, and I think there was so much um, noise, there was so much, uh, you know, just complaining about how the fact, oh, man, they lost a six seed, they're slipping, they're slipping, they're slipping. I'm thinking getting out of the six seed probably wasn't a bad idea because you know who's in number three right now? the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> so my thing is, my thing is, you if, if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to see the Clippers first round. Because you know the Clippers are running around here thinking like they got a lot to prove. You know, the fact that everybody, you know, pretty much embarrassed them last year for the way they had lost. Paul George hitting the side of the backboard and whatnot. I mean, you know these guys are going to be coming in here looking to, you know, really put the smack down on, on the Lakers when it's time. So my thing is, the last thing you want is to see them in the first round. I think it's better you stay in the play-in Secure the win against the Warriors. And you know Steph Curry, that's that's Showtime television. You better bring it against him with the way he's been playing all year. Secure your first win against them. Play the, play the Suns second round. I mean, first round in the playoffs. What do you think? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, no, good. no problem. I I agree. Uh, I've been telling folks, I was like, look, I, yes, it see, would be cool to skip the play in, but same time, I ain't trying to see those boys, you know, on the other side of LA. You know, I ain't, I ain't trying to see right. them because, you know, that that just that just ain't the team you want to see yeah. see first round to me. You know, if I had to choose between Jazz, Suns, Clippers, I don't I don't want to see the Clippers. You know, yeah. like that that's no disrespect to you know those other guys. Right, you know, right. it's just that the Clippers got a guy who has won the championship. You know, the other guys, other teams don't have a guy who has won the championship. Right. And then, like I said, just that chip on their shoulder, you know, because I, I believe all three of those teams at the top got something to prove. Yeah. But Oh, yeah. But I would just, as a Lakers fan, I would rather, you know, because I want to see that Lakers-Clippers matchup. Don't get me wrong. Me too. I just don't want to see it in the first round. Okay, we're on, we <laughs> on the know? same page. I hear you. Know? you. Um, and then, and look, like like I said, that boy Steph, you know, look, that's going to be prime stuff versus LeBron playing. You know, that's going to be prime time action, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I still think the Warriors, you know, I don't think they'll beat one of the top two seeds, but I think, you know, they'll, they'll put a little fear in their hearts, though, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that take, man. So it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we got about two and a half days left, guys, in the regular season. Playoff, play-in season, the play-in tournament kicks off uh, just coming Tuesday on the 18th. Playoff games begin next Saturday on the 22nd. Let's get into our, our next thing for the uh, for the what's on my mind today. Um, we have Russell Westbrook, who passed the Big O on Monday. Um, Oscar Robinson for the record with the most triple-doubles in NBA history this past week. Um, he did it in the most fewest amount of games for 943 games total. Trey, what does this mean to you? When you look at Russell, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's career, what does this mean to you about him having the most triple doubles um, in, the, in, in NBA history currently? Man, he's special. He, he's special, you know, you can't. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me, but for all, 
for all of the naysayers, you know, for the Dallas, for the critics. You can say what you want, but you gotta say he's special, you know. You either gotta leave with these special, then criticize, or you gotta end with these special after you criticize him, you know, because he's done something that nobody else has done, you know. Um, you know, like I said, many, many people at the Oscar Robertson average triple double. Many people came close to doing it, but he was the only person to do it in the season. And then he did it multiple seasons, you know, and just. Right. Like I said, for me, just the, the amount of games he did in. Because if you just look at Oscar, then, you know, LeBron and Jason Kidd, all of them had a thousand plus. A thousand plus, yeah. Uh-huh. And then Magic. And I always tell people, I'm like, man, as much respect and as much love as we show Magic, I still think he gets slighted because I'm like, folks understand, <laughs> you know, like the amount of games he only played, you know, because, you know, he had to dip out early because of the HIV. But I'm like, man, I'm like, Magic, if Magic would have played the amount of games that some of his peers did or the amount of years some of his peers did, I mean, he still still put in, I think, 15 years maybe. But, like, you know, if he would have reached a 1,000 games, man, just think, you know, because the assist record probably would have been his, you know, of yeah. course, you probably would have a few more triple doubles, but um, you know, so Magic is somebody who deserves a little bit more respect too. But like, but yeah, Russ just for another amount of games he did, and the way he did, like they say, it's not no 10, 10, 10. You know, he putting up 20, right. 15, and 20. You yeah. know, like um, yeah, and it just goes to like how well conditioned he is too. You know, because mm-hmm. to play the way that he does as hard as he does and you know you gotta be in tip-top shape for that man yeah. you know like that and i know he, you know he has those knee surgeries um before every season pretty much and then mm-hmm. of course he was banked up this year but like you know you he has to be in the conversation with one of those for the, with those guys who you say talk about taking care of their bodies because right. you can't do what he do you know if you're not real conditioned i agree i definitely agree with that i mean you're as an athlete your body is your asset man and you take care of um hey you take care of what's bringing in the dollars that's that's really what it comes down to man yeah. uh, my, my thing uh and i agree with everything you said I, I did some research here just as you were speaking magic johnson he played it looks like about 16 17 seasons total um as a player he started in 79 um, and it looks like throughout his time with the Lakers, he played all the way up through 96. So that's about 16, 17 years total. Um, going back to Russell Westbrook real quick. My thing with Russ, um, and I agree with much of everything you said, Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Famer, hands down. Um, I don't think that's up for debate. Uh, I got much respect for his passion, you know, his drive, what he brings to the game every single night. Uh, I think the, the late great Kobe Bryant, may God rest his soul, said it well. He was asked one time in an, in an interview, uh, Kobe, who do you think really, um, you know, is an example? Who, who do you think really carries the same kind of fire? You know, who brings that same kind of heat to the game? You know, that, or who matches that same kind of intensity that you have? And he said Russell Westbrook. I remember hearing that. I don't remember who interviewed him, but I do remember that interview, um, you know, when he, when he made that comment. And I think it's true. Um, you definitely see it, you know, in the attitude and the fire, um, you know, that he brings to the court. You know, I think we also have to give a lot of credit to the fact that um, 
what's it called? With his style, he never cheats the fans out of competition. This is a guy that, you know, literally is a stat sheet stuffer. He plays hard. Like I said, he, he never he never cheats his fans out. This is a man that literally transformed um, the city of D.C. and brought excitement back to basketball there, at least for the second half. We know for the first half it was a little ugly. Um, but towards the end, you know, it was fun to see basketball again in the city of D.C. Uh, so I think there's got to be a lot of credit for that. I mean, John Wall, you know, his way out was literally, what, on the bench for a year and a half and then eventually got traded. So I think the fans definitely needed that, man. They definitely did. I think they definitely deserved it. My only thing with Russ, my only thing with Russ is that as much as great of, as a player as he is, I just wish we could talk about him more in championship contention and contention for a ring. That's my only thing with Russ. I, I just wish he would have bought more, man. So, I mean, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he was able to, um, you know, essentially make history this week. I mean, it's great. It definitely is great. You know, nobody can take that away from him. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll definitely see where things continue to go for him, man. Uh, do you have anything else on that before we keep moving? I was going to say, you know, championship contention, you know, early years and mid-years, you know, KC, they were in it. You know, like, <coughs> excuse me, you, people got to forget, man. People got to remember. Those guys, you know, KD, Russ, Harden, right. when they went to their first finals, they probably was just, at that time, they were so young, they probably was just supposed to have been graduating college. Right. <laughs> you know, like, sure. you know, and they playing the NBA finals, you know, and then, you know, they didn't get back and, there was, you know, KD got hurt with Harden left. Right. KD got hurt a couple times. Russ got hurt another time. You know, Ibaka, you know, went down. You know, there, there's many factors to that. So I think, definitely think, you know, we gotta, you know, we gotta um, try to remember all those details when it comes to that. And then even like with the, the Rockets, you know, they just, you know, it they, they ran into, um, because they play Lakers, right? I think Lakers eliminated them. You know. Yeah, second round. It was a gentleman yeah, sweeping so, the Lakers' favor. Uh huh. Yeah. So like you know that that that's tough right there. You know, yeah. um, that's a tough second second round matchup. But you know, I think it was Charles Barkley or somebody. Maybe I asked him. They was like, you know, you think about it. A lot of times people get criticized for not running rings, rings, but. Mm. When you look at how many players play in the NBA versus how many get a ring, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's not majority that plays win the rings. It's the majority don't win the ring, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the reality of it. So it's like, yeah, there's always going to be great players who didn't win the ring, you yeah. know? But that... You can't allow that to take away their greatness. Of course not. Of course not. And I totally agree with that. I mean, because there's always going to be people who, um, you know, are just th that just kind of get in the way of being able to do that. I mean, you could even, as you go back towards the 90s, you know, we obviously know Jordan dominated some of the 90s and people probably got a good chance to really see that in the um, documentary that ESPN did. Um, it really just kind of helped to pass the whole COVID season with the, uh, the last dance where, I mean, you talk about a team like the Utah Jazz, who had two championship runs, you know, which is kind of hard to do in the NBA. You know, but what? He just kept running into Jordan and the Bulls. I mean, it was just, you know, he couldn't really get past that hump. I mean, you think about guys like Kenny Smith and Hakeem, and Hakeem Olajuwon that snuck out two championships while Jordan wasn't there. 
um, you know, in those two years, and that was it. You know what I mean? So it, it definitely, um, like I think what you, like you said, there's a lot of validity to that statement, just in terms of the competitiveness of it. Um, and you definitely don't want to, you know, belittle anybody's achievements um, uh, as a result of not winning a ring. It's not the end all be all, but again, I just would love to talk about rest like that because of how great of a player he is and his impact on the game. So it's all good though, man. I really hope, I'm, I'm really hopeful to see, you know, what they do. They're currently in the 10th spot, I believe in the East for the play-in. Um, so it's gonna be exciting, man. I'm definitely looking forward to it. The third thing um, on that was on my mind today, guys, is I want to talk to you guys about the New York Knickerbockers, all right? The New York Knicks. I can't believe we're talking about the Knicks in this May. You know what I'm saying? Normally, <clears throat> New York, I mean, they they they, they obviously always go home. They're nothing but a disappointment. There's people complaining <laughs> about James Dolan. They're complaining about management, how things are just not good in New York. You know, but now, now basketball is back in New York, and it's not just the Nets we're talking about. We're talking about the Knicks, and I love it. Making their first playoff appearance, since 2013 they're not even in the play-in guys they're in the playoffs come on now now you guys know it, it's, it's definitely a new season so I'm, I'm just happy to see it my thing is um now that they've made it into the postseason tray how far do you see this team going um for the playoffs this year how, how far do you see their season going all right so right now i believe they're in the sixth spot right now so they so, <laughs> ooh, we. Yeah. right now, they would draw the Milwaukee Bucks in the first yeah. round. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I think that would be one and done. But, <laughs> but they trying, they, they want to get four or five seed. You know, they, you know, they can get the four seed, five seed, place the Hawks. I think they could get out, you know, of the first round. Right. You know, yeah. um, if they got to play the Heat in the first round, um, they might still get bounced in the first round. But, right. you right. know, I I definitely don't see them going past second round, though. Um, but I think, like I said, it, it's an exciting story. You know, um, yeah. Ju yeah. Julius Randle, we, we've all known that he was a talented player. You know, um, it's just good to really see, you know, see his coming of age because you know he you know he's one of those one and done guys that you know you feel like man he's been in the league for a while you know but he's still you know just you know getting it done 20, you know you know still in his 20s and stuff so it's like you know just that development time and then we knew what Tom Thibodeau was going to bring with the attitude and oh, yeah. just the culture and then I know he was talking about Westbrook but um, just wish we could talk about him and, you know, when it comes to um, competitive teams and contending and, you know, at least we get a chance to see D. Rose in the playoffs again. Right. You know, last yeah. time we saw D. Rose in the playoffs, I think he was with Tibbs again in Minnesota. I believe um, so. That, but, you know, I think they got bounced maybe first round too. Um, but, you know, it's it's still good to see, you know, those guys like that, you know, because I, I love D-Rose, so, and so I, I want to see as much as D-Rose as I can, you know, especially playoffs where most majority of games nationally televised. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to have the Knicks um, be competitive. I think this is going to be the first year that them and the Nets both are in the playoffs since the Nets moved to Brooklyn. Um, 
And yeah, like it's a it's a good story for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, I'm I'm kind of again siding with you just on a lot of things that you mentioned. Um, you know, I would love to see New York go as far as possible. I, I really would. I, I like I would like them to see secure a four and five matchup with the Atlanta Hawks. I agree with you. If they end up in the first round against the Bucks or the Heat, they're definitely gonna go home. I don't I don't <laughs> see them being able to you know to overcome either one of those two matchups. Um, and if they do, it's going to take a lot. That New York team is not very talented. They don't really, when I say talented, they don't have a lot of guys that are just star studded. You know, they can just come out there and flat out shoot. That can just flat out score. So, I mean, the thing is, when you have teams like that, you have a lot of teams, you have essentially a team that's gonna have to get by on the basics. You know, I used to mention this a lot last year when we looked at the Raptors with what Nick Nurse had to work with. Marcus Gasol, um, Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, Fred Van Fleet, guys that can score, but I mean, when you talk about some of the great scorers in the league, I mean, you talk about people who, who score easy. I remember as a kid, people used to always say that about Carmelo Anthony, man, he just scores so easy. Um, they didn't really have a lot of that. So what does that mean? Really being able to hammer down on some of the fundamentals and the basics just to be able to get by, um, you know, is vital for their success. So like, like I said, I would like to see them secure a four and five matchup against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and that's no disrespect to Trey Young, you know, I. I I think Trey Young is great, but I think that they can get a matchup with the Hawks. I like New York's chances a lot. I like them a lot against Atlanta. Julius Randle um, has shown the ability to evolve and remain as a competitor in this league. Um, I give a lot of respect to Tom Thibodeau as well. Um, and what he's been able to put together, um, he should definitely be in the coach of the year conversation. And I think he is. Uh, you touched on it earlier, Derek Rose, another great addition to the team. When you talk about him and um, Taj, Gip Taj Gibson, um, who also played with Derrick Rose in that um, Chicago Bulls lineup as well with Tom Thibodeau. Uh, I, re I read an article a couple weeks ago on NBA.com that just talked about some of the NBA vets in this league um, who are playing major roles uh, for certain teams today who were, who were in the past, um, if not cornerstone pieces, at least important pieces to a foundation for a team. Um, and they had about six or seven guys. I just want to read those off to you. So Derrick Rose, Paul Millsap, Marcus Saul, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, um, and Carmelo Anthony, all people who um, are kind of, you know, in more like role players, role players positions today, um, you know, but are playing some, some really, you know, vital and crucial minutes uh, for their team. So I think, you know, it's great when you look at what Derrick Rose is doing for New York, um, and just that spark that he brings to them off the bench. Uh, I like New York's potential looking forward. I think that they have some great young talent and guys like RJ Barrett, um, who they can really help to nurture and grow for years to come. Uh, my biggest hope is that let this just be the turnaround for the New York Knicks, man. I, I mean, you know, where we can begin to see them in, in a good, positive light going forward for years to come. It's just, you know, the, the way things were, man, for the last seven eight years, man, that was just ugly. That was just ugly, man. And I, and I know everybody goes through a rebuilding phase and things of that nature. Obviously, you know, Mello was there for about, um, you know, maybe five, six years, and, you know, things didn't really come out the way they wanted it to be. Um, you know, but I just, I just hope for a place like the Knicks, man. I just want to see things take off in a good direction. So, uh, so Chris, I know you're from Jersey area, so. Okay, okay. So you, you a Knicks fan growing up or you a Nets fan growing up? So even with the Nets being in Jersey, because of where I'm at, so I'm, I'm in the Southern part, man. That's, that's where I grew up at. So I actually grew up as a Sixers fan. And today I'm still a okay. Sixers fan. Yeah. Okay. I'm a Sixers fan, man. Um, did go to a couple of Nets games when they were up in North Jersey. I did, uh, but definitely grew up a Sixers fan, man. You know, AI, Aaron McKee, that whole phase, man. That was, that's what I, that's what I like watching, man. So, yeah. I think we all AI fans. 
So yeah. can't, can't fault you there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Talk about inspiration, right? <laughs> so I want to touch on this one real quick before we go to our next segment. Um, Carmelo Anthony. Um, I read a, a nice article on him that was on ESPN.com last week. Carmelo Anthony, if, I think if it wasn't last week, then it was the week prior, passed um, Elvin Hayes for number 10 on the all-time scoring list. Um, the article just kind of culminates Carmelo Anthony's life um, and just kind of his career and, and pretty much everything he's been through since he's been an NBA player. Um, Trey, talk to me, man. What, what did you glean from that article, man? What really stood out to you about the career or the, that article in regards to Carmelo Anthony's life? Um, you know, just the respect that he has from the players around the league and how, you know, you got guys from Jamal Crawford to Devin Booker to Carl Anthony Towns, you know, just voucher for him. Jason Tatum, you know, um, Zach Levine, and then like, and just how, just how the, the disrespect had grown so much. Like I, cause um, it, it showed that a graphic of when the Denver Nuggets had treated out, you know, who's y'all's favorite Oh, Nuggets yeah. player, uh-huh. and it didn't have him as one of them, you know. And John Morant crowed his said Melo. Yeah, and like it, it's fun because they had Chauncey Billups, you yeah. know, who was his teammate, his yeah. point guard, but they didn't have Melo. And all of us, you know, not his babies, he grew up, you know, and um, was like middle school, elementary, middle school at that time. Yeah. Chauncey Billups was nobody's favorite player on the different Nuggets, you know, like yeah, I agree. a lot a lot of people probably don't even remember Chauncey Billups on different Nuggets, you know, honestly. Yeah. Like you remember him for the Pistons and right. you remember Melo. And some people remember, you know, AI, you know, his couple years with them just because he was like, oh, AI and Melo. But like, you know, so that <laughs> that right there was just a disrespect. But how like, you know, I think Jamal said touched on it like, you know. Melo is a hooper super, you know, because he's, he's a bucket. As you were saying earlier about how, you know, we talk we talk about people who, you know, yeah, there's a lot of scores, but, you know, there are some people who it seems like they work extra hard to get there. And there's some people who it seems like, you know, they can get it kind of easy. And it's like, you know, you think about Melo and you think about, like, KD, like, those guys who could just get it easily, you know, like, you know, and in different ways, you know, especially in Melo's prime, you know, Melo, he, like they said, we the, love the mid, mid-range game, which they was trying to take out, you know, but Melo earned so much money, you know, by with the mid-range, but he can't take you outside, and then Melo could bully folks in the post, too, you know, so just how like they were saying it was just it was just disrespectful the way that the league did him. Yeah. But the players definitely showed that love and that respect. And I know that, you know, he I know that's something that he he probably still appreciates to this day, how many people, not just this banana boat, but it's not just Chris Paul, LeBron, D. Ray, right. but all the other guys too. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's good, man. I, I definitely I definitely agree with you on that. I I think for me, um, I kind of wrote down a couple points here. So I think the things that I really took away as I read that article and just when I think about the life of Carmelo Anthony is um, know your value. 
know your value. I think about that sit-down interview that he did with Stephen A. I think it was the summer of 2018 or 2019 on the on Sports Center um, in LA, and he talked about how um, when he got cut from the Rockets, he said to himself, "You know, you mean to tell me that I can't even make a nine-man rotation, a nine-man player rotation?" And he basically just said, you know, I wasn't going to believe it. I wasn't going to believe it. You know, he felt like he was done. Um, you know, the way he was done was unrighteous. He felt like it wasn't, um, you know, fair. Um, so I think he's a guy that even though as comfortable as that was, he knew his value. And I think when you know your value, it's your responsibility also to put yourself in a position where that value is, is valued, where it is respected, you know, where a place where you want to be. So I think that was one thing that I took away. Um, I think the other thing is live a humble lifestyle. I think about Melo um, in his years in Denver, in New York, even when he first got to OKC, there was all this talk, especially OKC, that's the most um, recent memory of it where people mentioned the possibility of him coming off the bench. And it was almost like it was a joke. It was a joke to him, you know, because of how highly, um, you know, he viewed himself as a player um, and just his overall confidence, um, you know, and I do think, Confidence is important. You got to be confident in your ability, your, your abilities and what you can do. Um, but you definitely want to keep a humble lifestyle, you know, and I think as a result of not being humble, I do feel like, you know, he may have gone through a couple of things that maybe he could have avoided, um, you know, if he didn't, I guess, think more highly of himself than he ought to, um, if you want to say. Uh, I think another thing I took away from this article is just the importance of perseverance, you know, never giving up on what it is um, that you want. He knew he wanted to play in the NBA again. He knew that, you know, basketball for him wasn't done yet. He wasn't ready to hang up his sneakers. Um, and he continued to he continued to stay at it. Something else, just real quick, that kind of stuck to me, and I'm just thinking back to the article, was he mentioned during that time when he wasn't even playing basketball, how um, he was embarrassed to even attend his son's AAU games, man. That really hit home for me. Especially when you think about, you know, what childhood is supposed to be like and being able to share you know, those memories with your parents, um, you know, having your parents at the games and, and playing basketball or whatever the case may be, even just going out to get something to eat. The, the connection between, a, you know, a mother and a, and a son or a father and a son, whatever the case, uh, whatever the relationship is, it's important, you know, to the parent, but also the child as well in their developmental stages, man. That really struck home for me um, just to be able to listen to that. Uh, one of the other things I took away is just always being ready to adapt. You know, Mello was in a position where essentially he's getting older now. You know, he wasn't 23 anymore. He wasn't a 35-point uh, guy anymore at night. Uh, and just being able to learn how to adapt and, and switch your game to be able to stay um, competitive. I've heard Kobe talk about it, too. Yeah, you recognize the body can't do some of the things he used to, so you got to adapt. you got to find different ways that you can be able to, um, uh, you know, I guess, you know, stay up and keep up with the times, basically. Um, you know, which is always a big concern for some of these guys that you see that are so athletic but don't really have the biggest... Um, I guess that are not really flashy from a developmental standpoint, you know, which is kind of one of the things I always come down on, on Zion Williamson about. Explosive, but remember, you're not going to have that forever. Russell Westbrook is another guy. You're probably not going to have that forever. You know, so just being able to learn how to adapt your game is important. And I think the final point, the thing that I took away from that article is that real will always recognize real. Um, and I say that in relation. <laughs> yeah, I, I say that in relation to, um, like you mentioned, just some of the guys around the league that gave him respect, John Morant, Zach Levine. Um, the thing is, people knew the kind of player Miller was. People knew um, his 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 scoring prowess and his ability was not to be questioned, <laughs> not even the slightest bit. Um, and I think people respected him. People respect Melo as a player. People respect, you know, his legacy in the game. And he's another great person who we can add in, who apart from never winning a ring, 
hands down is a Hall of Famer. I, I believe so, in my opinion. Uh, that's valid. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, and I don't think anybody, you know, would ever argue that. And to say that him winning a ring would that ever take away from his greatness? Absolutely not. Would we have liked to see him win? Of course. Why wouldn't we? Of course. But again, everybody can win, man. So I'll let you close that. I don't know if you have anything else on that before we wrap. Probably not, man. Look, if T Mac was first ballot, Melo was first ballot. You know. Um, yeah. You know, like, like as. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Devin Booker who said in the article, but yeah, he, he's one of those iconic figures for us, you know, like, you yeah. know, with the, from, <laughs> from the braids, yeah. mellow, you know, um, and then too, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, those one and done. He won the championship in college, right. you know, yeah. like won the championship in college, you know, Cause you know, we, we, there's a lot of those one of done guys who had great years, but you know, they couldn't really put their stamp on college basketball history just because it was just one year, you right. know. But Melo, by winning that championship, was able to make his mark in college and pro history. Um, so yeah, he's definitely an iconic figure mm-hmm. for all of us. And I'm glad, glad that we can still see him. Right. No, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that too, man. All right, guys. So it's crunch time. You guys know what time it is. We're going to go ahead and get right on into it. My first thing that I'm coming to you with, Trey, is Kyrie Irving and the Nets were fined 35000 last week for the star point guard not showing up to post-game conferences. Trey, does this surprise you at all? Nah, man. <laughs> they've, been, they've been getting on Kyrie since the beginning of the year about these media obligations, man. So look, it's just, you know, it, it, it is what it is now, you know, but they, this been going on since, what? The, when did they start back the season? Since December. December? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, no, I agree with you on that too, man. My thing, I look at this, and I've mentioned this before on an older podcast, and I still stand by the same point. Trey, there's not a job that you can get. There's not a job that I can get where I get to pick and choose what part of the job that I'm doing, okay? It's a contractual agreement that you're supposed to be in these conference and these post-game conferences. You need to be there. And now I'm hearing all these other things coming up about his religion and different things of that nature. All this is coming up into the picture. But mind you, this wasn't a problem before when it was you and Brian in Cleveland, four to five years ago. I mean, it's just the fact now that you're more of an icon in the NBA and you gotta do more of them than you did before. It's not that hard. And my thing is this, you control whether or not you give these people something to talk about. And by you not showing up is what's creating an issue. So now when you get in, now it's gonna be even more of a bigger problem. But hey, that's the whole that's the whole you do for yourself, man. Moving on, president of basketball operations for the New York Pelicans, for the New Orleans Pelicans, David Griffin blames the officials and referees for the latest injury to star player Zion Williamson. Um, I believe he's out, I think it was like a middle finger or a ring finger that he injured. Um, Griffin went on to state that he has not seen a player ambushed, and this is not quoting, I'm just um, giving you a, a basic overview. Uh, he's, he's not seen a player ambushed like this since Shaq. And Griffin was actually fine for his statements and, and critical comments against the referees. Talk to me, Trey, what do you think about this? We all know like Shaq, Dwight Howard, now Zion. The bigger guys, they get beat up a little bit more, you know, and I think this was a, when it comes to the fine, it was like, for me, I, th- I, th- I think he took a page out of Mark Cuban's book, you know, because Mark Cuban okay. at times will 
you know, say stuff and knowing that he'll get fined, you know, but he knew that what he needed to be said too, to whether it was to protect his coach, his team, or just, you know, a player. And I think that's what the Pelicans owner or GM did with this thing. Right. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, I think um, I get the frustration for David Griffin in terms of wanting to keep um, his guys healthy and ready just for, you know, the seasons to come. I mean, I think it's already official. I looked at the uh, standings before we got started. They will not be in the playoffs this year. Um, but I think for Zion Williamson, you got to understand, man, because of that girth and that size that you got, guys are going to be looking to come and take you out because that's that's literally their only option to slow you down and to stop you. And that doesn't justify people fouling him, you know, hard or aggressively and things of that nature. But my thing is, talk to Shaq. Like you said, he went through it too. Dwight Howard, he's another guy that went through it all his life. Still kind of goes through it now with them broad shoulders, man. Nobody can hold him down. So my thing is, you got to get tougher. <laughs> you got to get tougher. Um, and my thing is, if guys are found you like that, it's because they are intimidated about your, you know, your size of the paint. So that's that's your advantage. You got to work it out, you know. And I think, as much as you can, man, you want to stay healthy. Um, you know, it's it's unfair, but it's it's a dog eat dog town in that thing, man. So, you know, he's he's definitely got to he's definitely got to grow in that area. Moving on, president of NCAA operations, Mark Emmerich. I read a nice article on ESPN. Um, states he is pushing for the association board members to approve the new rules in regards to the NIL debates. Uh, NIL's guy stands for name, image, and likeness. Um, in regards to student athletes uh, being able to earn profit and compensation uh, while they're in the NCAA. Trey, talk to me, man. Well, actually, you know, let me ask, let me go first and I'll let you go. I want to get my point on this. I love this, man. I love this. And why? Because my thing is, I can be 16 years old and go and get a job at McDonald's. I can go work at Foot Locker. So if I can earn money at 16 years old, why can't I do it when I'm 18, 19 in college making money? And people are making money off of me, coming to see me, coming to, to watch our games and things of that nature. I'm I'm the person that's generating the dollars. Why can't I why can't I be in a position if somebody wants to give me um a contract for Gatorade or, or whatever the case may be? Why can't I be in a position to bring in those dollars for myself? I, I did a quick um search right before we got started today. Zion Williamson, you know, has a contract with with um Jordan. They said over the next five years, that contract alone is bringing in 75 million. And that's not even talking about his three to four million contract. He's got three, three to four million dollar contract per season that he's got with the Pelicans right now. $75 million, not even 21 years old. And my thing is, wow. Imagine if he could have got this three years ago while he was sitting at Duke. <laughs> and this, and this, is, this is an adult. This is a man that's old enough to go to war. Not old enough to drink yet, that's another story. But even so. Even so, man, I, I would I would have loved to be able to see, like I said, this happening um, definitely sooner than later. Go ahead, Trey. You give me your thoughts, man. Get paid, young man. Get paid. You know, and I know it's going to be more than that, you know, but we, we know which two, you know, sports making the big dollars, you know. Right. So we know there's majority, you know, men's basketball on the college side and, of course, football. Right. Um, so... You know, give them their money, man. Give them yeah. their money. They, cause the university, the university's making money off of them. Yeah. Making lots of. I, I went to look. I went to SEC school, Auburn University. So I know. I know. So um, look, give give them boys what they owe. Yeah. They what they're owed. 
Well, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Last one, man, here. Kendrick Perkins, towards the end of last week, he released a tweet um, stating, and I'm going to read it to you word for word. It says, no disrespect to the NFL, but it's way harder to win an NBA championship than it is to win an NFL Super Bowl. In my own humble opinion, don't at me. Trey, do you agree with this? I think it's the opposite just because, you know, I know for the NBA side, you could say the longer season, you know, and then you could say the seven games can play, the four out of seven can play against against them. But right. I mean, on the NFL, look, that is one and done, you know, right. and because you look at somebody like the Chiefs, you know, do you think the Chiefs could beat the Bucks four out of seven times? No. Maybe so. I, I think last year, maybe Chiefs might have beat the Bucks four out of seven last year, but they call them at a time where they didn't have almost none of that starting offensive linemen. Right. You know, so, yeah. so like, you know, uh, give them a healthy offensive line. Cause that's really the difference. One team had had an offensive line, the other team didn't. Yeah. So that game probably would have been totally different, but that's cool. where the cards fell. Yeah. So I think that one and done aspect make it harder on the NFL. And you see that too, cause it's less repeats in the NFL. Right. I, I, I believe I believe it's less repeats in the NFL than there is in NBA. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. You make a good point about Patrick Mahomes, man. That boy was out there running for his life in that Super Bowl. I mean, he got no kind of no kind of protection, man. Um, going back to going back to Kendrick Perkins' tweet, you talk about the repeats. That was the first thing I was thinking about. You go back to Super Bowl of 2019, the Rams and the Patriots. You talk, you take, you take a guy like Jared Goff. He's not even in. He's not even with the um, what was Rams. It? Rams. He's not even with the Rams anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you talk about, you know, being able to, to get back to the Super Bowl. It, I mean, the, the Chiefs are fortunate that they made it back there twice, you know, because it's just not common. Even then you can go to, I think it was um, 2016, either 2016 or 2015, was it Atlanta Hawks? I mean, I said Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Falcons that were in the uh, Super Bowl. Same thing, that's another team. Never was able to make it back to, you know, Super Bowl contention. It's very, very tough. And I, I think, I, I I get, and I actually listened to a little bit more of Kendrick Perkins' argument on that. You know, he went into talking about just how tough it is to try to beat a team four times and things of that nature. But I think when you talk about the NFL, you can have a team who's not the greatest team come out and play a team who um, is the, the, the better known all around team and they can lose just because they're having an off night. Things are just not clicking, guys are not catching passes or whatever. And somebody can catch you, catch you slipping and they go on to the next round. I mean, versus the NBA, where you got four, you got four times you got to beat somebody. So you might have an off night one game, but not of the ten times. The guy that's more talented is probably going to come away and win the championship as he's supposed to. So, I definitely like this. I definitely like this point. Um, I, 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 I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not fully in agreement with what Kendrick is saying. I get what he wants to say, but no, nah, man. I'm sorry. The NFL, winning an NFL Super Bowl is definitely way more tougher than an NBA championship. Okay. So for our final segment today, guys, for the line, I want to share with you guys uh, a new topic. I've titled this one, uh, I said title, and it's actually, title is actually in my title today, guys. So it's called, the title is already there, write the story. That's what I'm calling it. The title is already there, write the story. So believe it or not, I came up with this topic from my last episode. 
that I share with you guys. Last time I was on here, I spoke to you about not limiting people, remember, and not limiting ourselves, you know, that sometimes we go through experiences and things of that nature where, you know, we may look at a certain person, a certain person or a certain demographic or things of that nature. And we sometimes unknowingly, we put limits on people, if you remember. Um, as I was putting that together in terms of what I wanted to share with you guys for the last episode, I gave it a title first, and then I began writing the content for what it was that I wanted to share with you. And as I began writing, I noticed that what I was writing didn't really match the title that I gave it. Didn't really match. Internally, I knew what I wanted to say before I began writing, but what I wrote, it didn't go with the heading that I chose. And that led me to today's topic that sometimes we can arrive at a season in our lives, okay? Where we're so quick to try to frame it. We wanna name it, you know, we, we wanna place a title on it. <laughs> and if you're like me, um, tending to have more of a methodical approach in your style of thinking, sometimes putting a title on things, you know, it helps us to better understand the season we're in. Long story short, it helps us to make it helps to make us feel better. We feel more secure. But what I've come to realize is that sometimes we got to begin living out the season we're in first. And it's just a process of taking the initiative um, to live it out that we find the title to the season that we're already in. We find the title in the midst of it. It's already been framed. It's already been set. We just have to cooperate. And it's in the cooperation that things begin to make more sense with time. I mean, let me toss here to you, Trey. Can you tell me, you know, maybe of a time in your life when, you know, maybe you were you were, you know, in a season or you thought things were going a certain way, um, and maybe once you got into it, it was completely different. Um, is there anything you'd like to share with us on that? I think for me, might not be a specific season. I think I. I think this is something that I've experienced a couple of times where, you know, you might think, oh, it's time to take off. You know, it's time to blast off, but it's really time to sit down mm -hmm. or to slow down, you know? Um, you know, cause like sometimes things come together, come together and you're just ready to go like, oh yeah, it's up from here, it's up from here. Right. But sometimes it can be, uh, no, we're just gonna wait here. You know, guy, <laughs> like I'm, I'm keeping here for a little bit. Right. You know, um, it's for your growth, for your development. Um, yeah. I know we've been talking about sports a lot, and um, this is something my granddad would even say um, sometimes about, you know, how sometimes the coach will bench a player mm -hmm. and say, I want you to watch from here. You know, I, I want you to watch, you know, just a little bit. Because right. sometimes watching the game on the sidelines will slow you down, you know. And then you can get back into it and have a different attitude. Yeah. Um, and I think that has been something for me where it's like, okay, like, you know, there might be times where, you know, I think this is a season where I'm gonna take off or a bunch is gonna happen. And then it turns out being a season where it's almost like, it feels like nothing is happening, but right. there's a whole lot taking place internally you know you just can't see it from the outside right right no that, that's definitely that's a good point man and i kind of wanted to hit on the same thing that you're mentioning i can think of um as college was wrapping up for me in that final summer probably uh right before uh, i was going into starting my senior year of college 
And I remember that final summer. So I used to work at a, at a camp with children. And I did that for about, um, coming up to the summer of my senior year of high school. I had already been doing that now for about five years. And I was just ready to transition, ready to get a real job, start working in you know, my field. I'm going to school for communications. You know, I want to get into sports. I want to get into broadcasting. All these different things going on. And I remember when that summer came, I had in my head <laughs> the, the way that I thought things were going to go. And I thought, you know, I was going to be able to come out and get into work and, um, you know, life would just kind of take off from there kind of thing. And that, that, was, that was the internal plan. That's, that's the way that I viewed it. You know, and I viewed it as my time to, to transition into what it is that I wanted to do from a medium and broadcasting standpoint. Um, but that wasn't the case. Um, and I actually continued to work, you know, with the camp. And so I used to do camp during the summertime and I used to do a morning care and after care programs during the school year. Um, and it was all through the YMCA. And, um, you know, I did that for an additional two years, an additional two years, man. And I just, uh, I, I, I had to learn in that time that it was a time to, to grow, you know, to be humbled. Um, you know, definitely some things that I, I, I learned and I matured. Um, very much, you know, in, the, in that season. And as much as I didn't like it, I needed it, you know, and it, and it really helped me a lot, man. So I didn't know that it was a time for me to grow and mature until I actually started living out the season, um, you know, but again, sometimes going back to what I mentioned before, you know, titles can be tricky, you know, because we may want things to go in a certain way. And sometimes you start realizing as you're living out the season, hmm, the title that I gave this season doesn't really match, you know? Yeah. So it's important that I think you know, we learn to live out the season, you know, that we're currently in um, and, and live it out to the fullest, you know, make the most of it. Um, you know, believe me, you know, you'll find the title as you're living in it. Mm -hmm. And that, that's pretty much what I wanted to share with you guys today, Trace. I'll let you close out, man. I don't know if you have anything else on that. Oh, man, I'm just, look, I'm in agreement with you, man, because you're right. We definitely want to say, oh, this is my winning season, this is my season for this season for that you know but <laughs> we don't know yeah we, we we don't know until you know we look back you right. know so like yeah we do want to speak it you know but a lot of times like you say you just gotta let the process let the days live out yeah. and then you know you turn around and look two three years later and say oh that was blah 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 blah, blah. yeah you know actually but um, I appreciate appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you know that that line, the, the the line, the title, and just the concept. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we thank you, Trey. I'm I'm glad that we had a chance to to get you on here today, man. This was fun. This was fun, man. I, I definitely definitely enjoyed this, man. So I thank you for your time. Um, if anybody here is new that's listening, I just want to encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button on your way out, man. Uh, I try to get some content up every couple of weeks, man. So if you like NBA hoops. If you got something out of this today, tune in, tune in, because I'll definitely be back, man. So, Trey, thank you again, my brother. It's, it's been a pleasure. Um, to all my listeners out there, this has been 94 Feet, your host, B.O.D.A. I'll talk to you soon.